In today's podcast, Michael and Jay share their top six ways to up-level your business. So if you need any inspiration to create or expand your business more effortlessly right now, this is it. This is Music, Spirit and Accountability with Michael Cooper and Jay Hode. So today I'm very, very excited about this topic, brother. We got six simple ways to up-level your business. And our mission is we're just gonna maybe do a little ping pong style of the six most yeah important things to up-level our business. And now we've just put about two minutes each into feeling into what this was. So we wanted it to be spontaneous and creative and in the current, like everything we do. So for you, brother, first, what's the first simple way that you would up-level your business or advice you give? The very first thing I would create is time. It's the one thing we don't have enough of. How do we create time? See, a lot of people go out there and they look for revenue. They'll go and get more clients. They'll get more products to sell. And all they're doing is basically staying in launch mode at that point. I've got this product. I need this thing. Let me send it out there. We get this lumpy bit of cash. And that feels great. And then a week later, all that money's gone and I'm back in the same loop of being broke again. So if you want to scale your business, create time. How do we create time? We create that with systems. So it's really important that we do have these launch periods. However, what's more important is that we can cultivate leads, we can cultivate ways that people can come to us or the way that they can work with us. And how can we buy back more time and get paid when we're not actually doing some form of transaction, when we're not doing exchanging time for money? Yeah. And that's our system. So our back office stuff. That's literally what I'm spending my whole year creating this year. And the thing that I have written all over my desk is do no longer exchange time for money. That's the priority. Absolutely. And that's how you scale your business. Yeah. You know, if we're, if we're in the healer archetype, which is the, I'm a therapist or I'm a sound healer or I'm a breathwork facilitator, whatever it is that the healer archetype is the person who sits with the patient they see the results, they see the transformation, they see the change. And at the end of the hour, they get 60 or $70 for that. But you can only do that so many times a week before you burn out. And so the healer archetype is constantly in a state of chasing new leads, chasing new purchases, a lot of effort to acquire, to acquire um, business. And they get paid predominantly not in cash, they get paid in the feeling of making change. And so what we want to do is scale our archetype up so that we can change the archetype that we operate in. Yeah. And there's three more levels above that point. When your reach becomes, I don't get to see the change. I don't get to see the healing. I don't get to see any of the instant gratification, but my students or my pupils are out there. And the ripple effect is like a million times more because I've got a hundred people that I've trained. And this is at the mentor coach level where I've created my own methodology, um, like the J-Hode Music School. You have your own methodology of teaching. Now, if you brought on four or five other people that you taught that methodology to, that's six of you out there now reaching vast number of people. But Jay doesn't actually get to see the benefit of these students growing in music. He just knows that it's happening. And he'll hear, it'll come back vicariously third party through him. Oh yeah, I went through the J-Hode Music School. Oh, wow. Not through me, but through someone else. Yeah. And that's how we can scale our business when we change our archetype. Beautiful, brother. All right. My first one is um, do what you love. 
that's what came up for me do what you love so for me um yeah that's that's such an important one um being what's in the current of what you love and trusting that the rest will come now there's a lot of hard work that's often involved in that for me what i love is music and i love coaching and i love having those kinds of juicy conversations with people um i love chocolate and i've combined all of those things in my world in an incredible way and i think with music i'm going to use maybe music as the example because for me that's my passion like the one thing that i you know often actually get paid for is playing music right or there's an exchange of um let's say not even get paid for but i get that exchange of energy which is getting paid for um is my playing of music and that's what I love to do the most whereas there's all the other behind the scenes stuff all the the paperwork and all the practice and the years and years and years of doing it that you know I didn't get paid for but it's funny because the thing that there's that exchange of money for is actually the thing that I love doing the most which fills my heart with joy every time and I think that happens a lot you know they 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 who are they <laughs> there's a saying out there that you know do what you love and you don't work a day yeah it's not work it's your passion it's your purpose it's what you were put here to do the fact that you do well the fact that you're so passionate means you get compensated very well for it yes. but at the same point you would probably do it for free it is and the thing that's the problem with this again is that exchange of time for money which is what all the course creating and finding that niche is this year and last year and the year before to be able to create a wealth of uh, traffic to um, flow in an automated way. So there's been so many pieces of the puzzle that have had to come together to create the success of what I'm launching over the next 12 months. So super excited about that. But yes, doing what you love. That's my number one. So I'm going to dovetail a different point onto that yeah. sort of flowing in with what you just said. So on top of building systems, do what you love. And one of the other points I had, which was further down the list, but it tied in with what you just said was build evergreen products mm. so that while you're sleeping, you might wake up in the morning and get a notification that, hey, such and such just bought your program for $97 or such and such just bought your program for $500 while you were sleeping. And so these ever evergreen products are assets that are built into the business that can be your basically your employees for you. They can go out and work for you while you're having a holiday or while you're resting. 100%. And that's a lot of what you've been doing this week. So do you want to elaborate? Sorry, this year. Do you want to elaborate elaborate on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I may as well go into my number two now because you've just set it up so well. Um, my number two thing was automations. Um, so again, six simple ways to uplevel your business. My number two is automations. And mm. that is basically exactly what you just said. And that's a very rewarding one in particular that you brought up, Mike, is having automations that inspire you to create more tomorrow like there's nothing like seeing um $97 or $997 roll into your bank while you were sleeping to um to inspire you the next day to um get up and create something uh again you know not that you necessarily need that but it definitely doesn't hurt 
Um, mm. So automations, again, with um, email sequences, with, um, yeah, all the, you know, things like Zapier and programs like that that are, you know, just mm. phenomenal and now integrated with a lot of these systems. So with me using these huge funnel programs this year where the courses are automated with the email sequences and they're integrated with the sales and they're integrated with the copyright and they're integrated with the next and I could elaborate more, but automations in uh, and getting efficient. Now, I think the big problem with this is as your business spans, the changes happen so quickly. So before you know it, there's a new thing created that you need to do that you didn't even know was something that was going to have to be done. And then from that comes mm. two more things that then are created that now have to be done, maybe even done by someone else because you don't have the time to do it. So then you've got to train those people to do that. Then you've got to see, you know, iron out the kinks and then get that automation happening ideally. So I think the principle is do what you need to do to get those automations implemented as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And funnels is a big one of those because funnels are basically sales staff who are selling for you, which is you selling for you again while you sleep. Um, and it's not bound by time, nor is it bound by space. So yeah. we're working now with universal law that I can be omnipresent. I can be anywhere. I can have my website or this landing page with a, a guy in Australia viewing it at the same time a guy in America is viewing it and buying the same product for different reasons. A hundred percent. Yep. And then, you know, we open the can of worms with like, you know, targeting locations, interests, all those things and getting really on point with the niche. The niche probably should have been on my list, but without the niche, um, a lot of it can be wasted too. So always looking for that niche, but yeah. I think another one for that we both believe in because we embody this, not only are we coaches and do we guide people in, in their path of our chosen fields? But we believe in our own education. So my next one will be getting a coach. Yeah. Because you can only see what you see. You can only see what you're conscious to. What's the unconscious patterning? Why am I acting a certain way? Why am I not launching this product? What is my fear? What is my nervous system not being able to regulate? Is it a, do I have a block around a certain level of income? And you can't see that. And that's why you need someone to look in who is not attached, not you know, is impartial to your business, but has the best interest of driving your business forward. And I find that every time I go into a coaching space, there's usually a level of initiation that comes with that because it's like, oh, okay, it's a big hit, you know, and, but you know, that level of initiation calls you into a high level of playing and you show up even more because you're like, I'm invested now. I've dropped 25, 50 grand onto this guy, person, woman, man or woman. And there's some amazing coaches on both sides of the genders that I'm here, I'm, I am gonna milk everything from this. And guess what? Success happens, not because of the coach, because you got invested. And it seems like such a crazy thing to invest, you know, $25,000 in a coach or something. But, you know, just remember guys, the flip side of that is what if that coach can make you millions of dollars or as a conversation that I've had with someone recently about them from their coaching, saving someone like 20 plus million dollars from something that they said, you know? So yeah. that's pretty cool, man. Like you think $25,000 is a lot of money. Yeah damn straight it is um but if they're going to make you millions of dollars or save you millions of dollars if you're already making millions and millions of dollars then you know that's that's the kind of things we're talking about here uh it's exceptional i always ask someone when they hesitate what is the cost of inaction yeah 
What's the cost of you staying stuck? You're already unproductive. You're already losing time. You're already losing money. What is the cost of you staying that way? Because if you've got nine or 10 staff, I can tell you that the way you're operating is exactly the way they're operating. They will be reflecting back to you your inadequacies or the things you don't own about yourself. Yeah. So if you've got the cost of your inaction is maybe 50 to 100 grand, multiply that by the 10 staff that you've got and it's costing you anywhere up to a million bucks for you to stay right where you are. Yeah. Yeah, Ouch. that really landed, brother. That really landed. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's your next point, brother? So where are you up to in your list, man? What are you what are you up? I don't know. We've got like a couple about already. You're up you're next. You're okay, next. I'm next. All right. I'm on number three then. Um uh be around inspiring people. Be around mm. inspiring people. So I think that's um you know, huge. Uh I, I always have that kind of thing in the back of my mind of 33 33 33 so be around people that mm. like don't inspire you uh people be around like 33 percent be around 33 that are on the same level as you so to speak however you want to interpret that and 33 that are like crazy inspiring and you know that can t- that's just a general consensus but i also feel there's plenty of learning in those 33 percent that are uh sort of wanting to be like you and there's not that desire to necessarily be like them um in some sense you know um so there's always such a gift in that i always say even just simplifying it to a musician like i've learned equally as profound things from the guitarist sitting on the beach in fiji that knows how to play three chords really badly and doesn't know what the names of them are or how to play his instrument at all as i have from the guy that has the doctorate in music so the lessons are always beautiful learnings to be learned but that rule of the 33 33 33 is um is is great um but yeah being around inspiring people it's pretty much why we part of why we had this podcast was to be around each other more and have that accountability to show up for each other because we always get so inspired by mm. talking to to each other and lit up it's creating new things so that's that's one I find that interesting too mate that you reference that point because even though we talk quite regularly throughout the week in our own personal space plus in this space you're constantly on my mind as a reference point what would jay do what is jay doing how is he doing this how would he react in this or not react in this way what would he say in this space and that's that uh that you know birds of a feather flock together so people that we inspire each other which is to bring life to each other inspiration to inspire to give life to is you know it's omnipresent for me you're always there um in my thoughts because you're that compass that true north for me and yeah. I'm like, yeah, what would Jay do? And and then act on that because I trust in that. So mm-hmm. I really align with having those people around you that resonate deeply with your values, where you're headed and who you want to become. Mm, thank you, brother. I love hearing that. Um, it never gets old. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, I think, yeah, just to sum that up too, be around people that inspire you, but also to add a bit onto that, what you just said, people that you trust um, mm. in their energy to um, like, what you just said what would they do and yeah that feels good because i don't know exactly why but i trust them and i trust their energy for whatever reason so that feels good to make that decision yeah we've often referenced the the um the mind the heart the animal and the gut in intimate relationships but that carries through all relationships and i have this deep inner knowing in my gut to trust jay like i trust his word i trust his um his presence i trust in what he imparts is always in my highest alignment Mm. and so you know that 
that um, I guess the archetype of those things that we gravitate towards in an intimate relationship transcends all relationships. Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of these six things that we're both, uh, you know, these th six ways we've come up with, they're all really intertwining. I can hear some of the things that I'm coming to say shortly are going to mm -hmm. entwine with what you just said. So you're up, brother. What's next? Yeah, I think it's very, it's not an if or, it's a um, this and that. This it's and all that. of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all of them. So another one I've got is to build assets that you can leverage. Okay. So an example of that would be in, a lot of people sit down and they do one thing and then they throw it in the bin. But how can I create something that I can use as a free giveaway and then use it as a form of marketing and then use it as a form of lead generation? Now, I've sat down and I've done one thing for an hour, but then I've used it three or seven different ways. And so an example of that would be I'd create a masterclass and it's a free masterclass. So I invite everyone into the masterclass and that's my lead generation for that point. And they get to experience me live. So I've done a number of touch points at this way, but then I record the masterclass, but in the masterclass, there was a slide kit. And in that slide kit is the content that I can put out to social media to show, Hey, this is some of my method. This is how we get the results we get. And so I might've sat down for an hour to do the presentation and an hour to do the slide kit, but I've got content for the next year. Now, if, someone arrives two years from now and they say, Hey, I really want to work with you. Well, I'll send them that recorded masterclass and say, well, not until you've watched this and you understand what I'm about. And so this is again about buying back more time. How can I create assets that I can use multiple times in multiple different ways for different agendas? Yeah, brother, a hundred percent. That is, um, yeah, so, so good. And yeah, again, it's just so good to hear that being said, like, I know these things and I literally do these things that you're, that you're speaking of, but there's something about hearing it again right now. That's really landing for me and going to inspire some amazing things. Mm. Um, so, so thank you. Um, it's so, it's amazing how we hear and we learn so quickly, but we also, uh, learn to forget so so quickly yes. um there's so many things to do yeah i i hear so many coaches um saying um you know that that the energy of creating is one thing and then it's really the energy on launching and 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 committing to continuing to share that thing that is actually really the work and i really resonate with that so much i see so many people um again it's not a bad thing because this is a great way to learn but you probably get to the point at some point where you take on these words a little bit more seriously in that it's beautiful to create the most incredible masterpiece but the energy of creating the masterpiece i would say is really five to ten percent you know of getting that masterpiece out to the people because the other 90 percent is spending all that time once you created the masterpiece to you know launch it and to share it and obviously that could be totally wrong and there's that beautiful uh spiritual view maybe that um you know everything will happen as it's meant to be and you don't need to worry about those things it'll just happen just trust in the universe just create trust in the universe create your magic and the rest will just fly it's never really worked for me. There could be a shadow in there for me to work on too. But for me, uh, it's always been that five to 10% of creating. And then the rest is actually, you know, launching and ongoing maintenance and love to support and nurture that five or 10% creation. That's what everyone seeks is that thing. 
Yeah, I think that's that. I'm with you. I I believe you still need to show up. Yeah, you know that the first version where you know I believe in the universe and I have all these good intentions and I got positive thinking and this is all going to happen for me is spiritual bypassing. Yeah, you know it's the only time anything has any value of it is when we bring our spirit to it and we put our hands to it and we actually because we are the living force we are the life force that gives these things energy otherwise they're just bits of pixels on a screen and so you know it's like building a house without the builder the house will not be built and the minute the builder walks away everyone goes the house is an asset no it's a depreciating asset it loses value every single day or it sits in the sun and the sun rots it the only time that house goes back in value is when the builder comes back and he paints the walls and he changed the carpets and he redoes the bathrooms and then it goes up in value again why because we put our hands on it and then the minute he walks away from it it goes back to devaluing itself that's right so it's exactly the same thing we need to show up we need to present which is actually one of my points is to constantly show up constantly show up like you and i went to a networking event the other week you know i got kids you got family we it was a big effort for you it was a full day trip to come across yeah and we still do these things you know we still have to show up because whatever i just sit there and sing kumbaya and this is all going to work out for me all the positive intentions in the world is not going to happen if i don't show up and work just had this mental picture of you singing kumbaya, kumbaya. very cool <laughs> probably need to remember the words i bet you could belt that out um beautiful brother i love that um all right so uh, keep inspiring things in your field. So I said before, be around inspiring people. That's, I guess, an inspiring thing. But what I mean by that is podcasts. I mean, uh, books, audio books, um, maybe social media too. It's not something that really works for me. Often it's more of a distraction, but it serves a purpose at times. But that's probably not where I would go um, for that. But that's just my story. Um but yeah, keeping those inspiring things in your field and going out of your way to keep them implemented. Like it only takes five minutes a day. I just have this thing that, you know, I'm always saying just five minutes a day, five minutes a day of keeping that one thing in my field. I can almost go to any, you know, out of the people that inspire me that I really resonate with. I can go to any of their kind of podcasts or books and almost do a throw a throw a dart at a dartboard and wherever it hits, it's going to be pretty good. And mm. often I'll hit the perfect spot that gives me that exact juice and download that I need for that three minutes or five minutes to shape some incredible creation or project as that day or as that week or as that year goes on. So um, keep inspiring things in your field. I love that. I, I broke down social media podcasts in, in a way a little bit like um, I'll, I'll just pull it apart for you. So... To me, when we go to social media, it's mind-numbing. I'm losing time and I'm losing value to low vibrational frequency entertainment. Um, you know, it is such a... There's so many untruths in the social media of people projecting their greatest life, which is not really true. However, with a podcast, we are really, truly entertained. Now, you've studied... What is it now? How many years have you been playing for? Oh, like yeah a lot 35 let's not give you away your age yeah so many it's becoming an uncomfortable question it's almost like i'm that old yeah no it is uh, 40, 40 years i'm 40 43 now so yep. uh started was four. so coming up 40 years 40 years so you've been a master of this for nearly 
30 of those years because you went through and you studied and done your university degrees as a teenager. Mm. So it's taken you 30 years to get to this level of mastery. When Jay writes a book, when Jay writes a course, when he does his teachings, you're actually getting 30 years worth of mastery condensed into fast tracking you. So when we look at those three things, I could sit on social media and lose my, you know, basically kill some of my brain cells. I could listen to a podcast with Jay and get entertained by this one hour or 30 minute or 40 minute snippet of his 30 years. And then I can sit with him and read one of his books, or I could do one of his courses. And at this point, I'm getting the full breadth of his knowledge in the most succinct and defined way. And so when I, I try and break down my consumption in that way, when I look at it and I think, well, do I want to be mindless or do I be mindful? Mm. And at that point, I want to go and read the book because it took you 30 years to read this book and master this topic and condense it down to 500 odd pages. Yeah. And at that point, you know, probably the next level up on that is to sit with you for a five day retreat and then really dive into it with you experientially and have an experience. And that's when it's going to really bed into my DNA. But at least on a daily level, I look at my consumption as podcast first, as a, as a you know, while I'm training or something like, like where I don't, I'm just looking for the entertainment there. And then if I really want to study in depth with this, what is this man's knowledge? What can he actually impart with 30 years worth in a book? That's where I'm going to get the gold. I'm going to get the, all of the nuances and why and how, and this is how he got it. Yeah, brother. A uh, couple of things in there. I think what you said about the whole thing of fast tracking, like the way you're able to fast track with people that are so experienced in their fields. And then I think of, you know, up leveling that to working with them one on one. And then they're mm. actually tailoring that specific knowledge to your specific story and delving on all of their experiences. Let's say someone like, I guess I'll use myself for an example. Mm. Like I started teaching when I was 15, flat out, like 50 to 100 students a week. It was insane. Yeah. And I, we did that, uh, you know, for years and years and years and, and kept studying, honing my craft. So the ability that I have to uh, shape the information that I have a wealth of knowledge on also for the specific student is mm. incredible, I feel, because I'm taking not only the information, but the way that they're interpreting knowledge is actually almost more of a priority of what I'm going to share with them than sharing what I know, because I can shape that knowledge in so many ways. And mm. then that leads me to what I'm creating now with these courses. And for, for anyone out there that's thinking about doing courses with someone um, in whatever field, definitely my advice is maybe to look at someone that's got that experience in that field and has done years and years and years ideally of teaching um, in that field maybe because I feel like you know these courses that I've created now they're without teaching those 10,000 students plus obviously what I've created in these courses would not be of that level and I feel like I've got it in a way that it's getting it across to the masses in a way that's so direct and all the flip flop is cut out. It's just so direct and so to the point and so potent that it's almost like working one-on-one -on -one with me, at least for that first six week period, because I've covered all bases. That's why I feel anyway. Saying that yeah. there's also a lot of potency in, in working with someone that's only been in their field often for six or 12 months. It'll align with you as it should. But for me, I'm definitely looking for experience. The older I get, I'm generally mm. willing to, you know, the, the the price point of working with someone 
is not as important as getting that right person to work with that's done the time, that's taught the 10,000 students, that's done the 10,000 hours in that field and has done it in all the modalities that that field is possibly offered in. And mm. that's priceless. It, it's, it reminds me of a story. I went to an acupuncturist once and he was close on, I swear, close on 90. And I swear he's forgotten more than most people learn. Mm. What he knew about acupuncture was mind-blowing, what he could solve with some of the tools I've never even seen before. And you just can't beat experience because, like with you, I know that you hear me play a chord. You can even tell where my finger is on the fret, on the fretboard. Mm. And it's like we're talking millimeters. You're like, you're going to move your finger up a little bit more. It's like this much. Yeah. You know, so it's that experience you can't really beat. It's funny, you know, when I'm teaching online these days, often I can see their, their hands, but a lot of the time, um, you know, I'll, I'll say I need to see your hand if I need to, but usually I can hear it. I can hear where the hand is, not just on the fretboard, but I can hear where the thumb is positioned on the back of the neck. I can hear yeah. where the thumb yeah. is relation in posi position to the index finger and the pinky, you know, because it's, 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 all, it's all there. But anyway, crazy. Yeah. Um, brother, you're next. <sighs> He's a good one. I'm going to jump the list a little bit. Um, so many people, I see this so often in, in business, there is no way to pay you. If I want to pay you, you need to make it so easy. Like I can't go looking for that. And so if you want to scale your business, make sure you have a pathway for money to get to you. Mm. So many people don't. Like they yeah. fumble around and they go, oh, here's in my bank. Per no, no, no. You need a link these days. There's pay PayPal does that with a link. You've got Stripe. You've got all the things. There's payment gateways. There's all the things. Yeah. Make it easy for money to get to you because it's trying. Definitely. You're the block. Definitely. I'm going to take that on board for you, brother, with, with me and you because we, we always forget that. But anyway, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm terrible at that. But yes, I need to take that on board myself, yes. bro. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Um, so balancing uh for me next one balancing balancing is a priority um so balance balance of um you know family love business all the things but just to go on a little bit more with that um owning it you know if you're committing to work for a month or two months and that's going to be the priority then prioritize it if you're going to commit to the relationship you know for that time or endlessly or whatever your thing is you know own it to the best of your ability and i think that's really really important mm, absolutely because that way you can set healthy boundaries around that as well yeah absolutely mm. um you brother next one scaling your business how can we scale your business quickly or if you know if I, mean, I hope the world was going to come to an end and you lost your phone and you had to start all over again how would you scale your business yep um the world we live in today is on social media yeah. you know so that i think that requires um a level of strategic partnership so if i had to move quickly I would align myself with someone who already has a client base. Let's say I lost all my social media, I lost all of my, I did become a no one overnight and no one knew who I was. I would connect with someone with an audience and leverage their audience. Yeah. 
So in this sense, how do we do that now? Well, that's called strategic partnerships. And so as, a, as an example, um, I could align with someone who um, works with just men, hmm. but they maybe work with them in a different way. Maybe they work with them in a, in a fitness aspect. Well, I could align with them and say, I'll do your mindset. I'll come in and be a keynote speaker at your next retreat or at your next online event. Yeah. And my fee could be that I get to pitch to the guys that, hey, there's also this option. You can work with me as well. So I'll do it for free. However, my fee is I get to pitch to your audience and I can sell to them on stage. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and you can get so expansive with those things as they unfold, either generically or intentionally. Um, it's it's amazing. But having that, keeping that in the field of those possibilities of networking and um and being really cool like people like hanging out with the cool people i was used to say mm. when i was putting a band together to go on tour you know you tried touring the world with a band you're generally going to take the cooler dude over the guy that can rip it on the guitar it's like do i want the guy that's the most amazing musician on the planet that's an an asshole or do i want the guy that's kind of pretty awesome at guitar but is so it's much great fun hanging around you know yeah um definitely so be cool, everyone. Be cool. Be cool, everyone. Point number, um, whatever. Be cool. <laughs> that's right. Um, be my my final one is being gentle to yourself. Um, you will fail. You will c compare yourself to others, mm -hmm. and it's okay. But stay on track. Stay on track, and mm -hmm. you know, put the things in place that you need to to stay on track. But be gentle to yourself to the best of your ability. Those things serve as potent reminders and potent stabs in the heart that give us that ability to step more deeply into service for ourselves and for others. So just stay on track to the best of your ability. Love that. And I love that last point. I think if people remember that they're actually here to be of loving service, I think that removes a lot of the pressure. Yeah. You know, as opposed to I'm not enough or I'm not good enough or I haven't done enough or I'm not earning enough or I'm not anything, insert whatever, enough. When we realize we're here to be of loving service and to contribute to the greater good, the impact on one person is sometimes enough. Yeah. And can we just remember that, hey, you know what? Everything I do is to be of greater service. It can just loosen that pressure. 100%. Yeah, it's so easy. And, and I think that's something that, you know, I see a lot with the social media thing. I think we've had this chat before, and I, I guess everyone probably knows it. But um, like you said, the vibration of, say, a podcast or something compared to, say, social media, I feel it's 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 becoming clearer and clearer, that vibration. Not that you're not going to see some things that are going to, you know, inspire you, but it's often to compare yourself um, mm. and your flaws um in those things uh and social media compared to say yeah podcasts or something like that i like to filter my social media so i i have a favorites list yeah and i only look at the favorites list and that's right. not to say that other people are not amazing and they're not beautiful but i filter the content that comes in because like food you are what you eat mm. well with with information you are what you consume and so I follow people that tend to get online and provide me with the insights that I'm looking for. And there's very little um, cannon fodder, you know, very little mind dumping of just meaningless things. These men and women are actually imparting knowledge in every post. 
like, yeah. yeah, wow, okay, I'm not doing that, or thank you, and this, and so that's beautiful education for me. Mm, um, beautiful, brother. Do you have a final thing? Last one. Last one is know your numbers. Nice. So many people are afraid to look at their bank account or their numbers or their leads or their conversion rates or their cost per lead. Some people don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and that is your greatest driver. That will actually scale your business because you look at it and go, I need more or mm. inspired by the great week that you had, you know. If you're normally getting one or two leads and this week was 18, you're like, what did I do this week that was so out of the ordinary to get me 18 leads? Let's do more of that because clearly that's working. And then you can see the bottlenecks. You can go, okay, well, I had 18 leads, but I only got two appointments. There's a red flag. Yeah, I should have at least a 50% conversion on that. To, so from 18 leads down to nine appointments, down to hopefully four, maybe two or four sales. Hmm. And there's mathematics around each one of these. You know, basically, there's a low buying threshold for everyone in your audience. With a, there's about twenty percent of your audience, whoever watches you closely and follows you, you have a twenty percent low buying threshold audience that you could hold up a, a yellow post-it note, and they're like, "I'll buy that." <laughs> That's there's twenty percent of your people like that, and you're just not offering it to them. Yeah. Um, so start selling post-it notes is the the cue. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we just need to look at our numbers. We have to be very clear on them. We have to not beat ourselves up very much like your last point. Be gentle on the numbers and just read it like a map because numbers are not emotional. They don't lie. Mm. They say the most honest things in, the, in our system is that they are just numerical values and they paint a story for us. Yeah. But whatever we don't read the roadmap, we never know where we're going to go and we'll never get to the destination we desire. Yeah. Beautiful, brother. Amazing sharings today. That was, um, yeah, very potent. So, um, again, anyone listening, please reach out to us. Uh, you can always get us easily, uh, socials and email and stuff like that. So, um, thank you, brother. So much potency. You just inspired me there um, on so many levels. So, thank you, thank mm -hmm. you, thank you. Much love, brother, and you. Thank you, my brother. So good. Thanks, brother.